Let's stand and read the word together. Can you stand? You don't have to if you can't. <laughs> Good for you. Hold on to her so she doesn't fall down. <laughs> okay, hallelujah. When the hour came, read with me, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table, and he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. After taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread and he gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. Amen. And then, Joe, if you could put up now Isaiah 53, 4, 5, and 6. Isaiah 53, 4, 5, and 6. Yeah. So... Now, before we read this, remember, this is a prophecy. This is a prophecy that was given by Isaiah before Jesus was born. Okay, so let's read this together knowing that, um, because this is a great witness of our faith. Here we go, ready? Surely he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows. Yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten and afflicted. Sorry. Let's start again. Surely he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows. Yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds we are healed. We are like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Amen. 
and let's get our elements ready, the bread and the The Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. And I think this scripture in Isaiah 53 is such a good one to memorize. He took everything that we would go through with him, our sin, our brokenness, he took it to the cross for us. He was broken for us that we would be healed so let's take the body this morning and lift it up. Father, in the name of Jesus, we praise you for your willing sacrifice. We praise you that your body was given for our healing, that it was broken for our brokenness. Father, help us to receive that healing this morning as we think of you on the cross. Lord, help us to look to the cross in our minds, to imagine where we need healing, what we need healing in. Or maybe it's someone we know who, who needs healing. Lord, we just ask for your healing power to come this morning. Heal us, spirit, soul, and body. And we thank you and we praise you. Let us break the bread together and partake. Just thank him. Just thank him and praise him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, you said, do this in remembrance of me. You said that, Lord, so that we would never forget what you've done. So we would never let guilt or shame be a part of our life once we've received you as our Savior. Once we've received you as Savior and Lord, and your blood has covered us from head to toe, there is no shame because you have taken it, as the song we sang this morning said, you have taken our shame by your mercy. And so, Lord, we hold the cup up this morning. We hold the cup up of the blood of Jesus. And we ask, Father, that as we partake, you would come into us. You would dwell in us. You would fill us. You would anoint us with your presence. Lord, that you would be part of our DNA. You are part of our DNA, Lord. You are part of our blood. You are our blood, Jesus. And so we partake together in thanksgiving for the new covenant of your blood. Let's partake. We thank you so much, Jesus, as a body, your body here at Lord Hill Church, Lord, White Horse Christian Church. Father, we thank you and we praise you for what you are doing and what you are going to do. And as we just let these elements, Lord, absorb into us, 
that we would absorb into you, Jesus. That we would just, Lord, in remembrance of you, just absorb into your glory, absorb into your presence this morning. We thank you and praise you, Lord, and bless each person that is here and each person that is listening and each person that couldn't come this morning. Lord, we, we just pray for them all, God, blessings and, and your hand upon their life. And we love you and praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I thought I fixed the cordless mic this morning. Guess not. All right, Grace, you want to come on down? Thank you, Ephraim. Time to take up an offering. Amen? Amen. Amen. There you go. Time to take up an offering. Amen? Amen. All right. That's better. <laughs> Father, we thank you and we praise you, Lord God, that we can come into your house giving you, Lord God, our tithes and offerings, Lord Jesus. And I know, Lord, your word, there's, there's just blessing upon blessing for your people, Lord God, that give to you. Because we don't give, Lord God, grudgingly, we give cheerfully. We give, Lord God, knowing, Lord God, that we're given to great things, to your kingdom, and to your will, and to your blessings, Lord God. And I just, I just pray that over each person here, that your blessings will be upon their finances, that you would bless them abundantly as they give cheerfully into your kingdom, where rust and moth will not devour. And I just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And all those online, you can give too through the church app. Amen. The church app. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. All right. The title to my sermon is called Waiting on the Promises. Waiting on the Promise. You know, it wasn't too long ago that we celebrated Jesus' resurrection. It's hard to believe that, isn't it? Hard to believe that it's only been a couple weeks. And then time goes by and we all get busy and we don't think about it again. That's one thing about that, what the Lord has pressed upon my wife's heart and should be pressed upon all of our hearts is communion. Because communion reminds us Every day of what Jesus did for us, of him going to the cross, him rising on the third day. Amen? So it's a, rem it's a remembrance. We remember everything of what Jesus has done. We remember the blessings of his resurrection and his benefits. Amen? So it's been a couple weeks since his re a resurrection. Jesus <clears throat> is showing himself to his disciples. 
And he's reminding them of everything that he just went through. And that he told them all these things. He told them what was going to happen to him while he was with them. I like to picture these events like as a movie in my mind. But in Luke chapter 24, verse 44 through 49, he said to them, This is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything, everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds so that they could understand the scriptures. How many here, before you read the word of God, that you pray, Lord, open my mind. Open my heart to receive all that I have for you. Open my mind so that I can understand the mysteries. Open my mind so that I can get what I need from the word for this day. I know I should read the word more. I know it. But I know that when I do read the word, I pray that God would open my mind so that I can understand it. We all need to read the word more, amen? Last week, what did I share on? The word is a lamp unto our feet. But we all need to be in the Word. Because it's not just a lamp unto our feet, it's life. It's health. He opened their minds so that they could understand the Scriptures. He told them, this is what is written. The Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. He goes on to say, you are the witnesses of these things. <clears throat> I like how he says that. You are witnesses. Because without witnesses, it's just a story, isn't it? I'm a fisherman and a hunter. And when I catch a big fish, nobody believes me because nobody witnessed it if I'm by myself, right? Right? They're like, I'm serious. Uh, oh, you should have seen the fish I caught. You know, a 40-pound salmon. And they're like, yeah, okay, right. I don't believe you. Show me a picture. Oh, I didn't have my phone. Well, then I don't believe you. Right? Jesus had witnesses of all these things that happened. And as I preached a few weeks ago, they weren't just his disciples that witnessed this. There was witnesses in the world that saw what Jesus did. There were historians that wrote it down of what happened to Jesus and how he resurrected on the third day. But he said, I, you are my witnesses, 12 of them. I am going to send you what my Father has promised. 
Here we go, waiting on the promises of the Lord. I'm going to send you what my father has promised. Stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. And then what does Jesus do after he tells them all this stuff? He leads them out in Bethany. And he lifts up his hands and he blesses them. And then all of a sudden Jesus was taken away up to heaven from them. On the ascension. Right before their eyes. Then all the disciples said they started praising and worshiping God with great joy. Luke's account says that they actually stayed continually in praise and worship in the temple, praising God. And they waited. They waited for the gift that, that was promised, the, the promised Holy Spirit. Can you imagine the excitement of the disciples? When Jesus told them to go and wait, wait for the promise that I have for you, the promise that my Father is sending you. I don't know about you, but if I just saw Jesus go to the cross, be crucified, buried, dead, and rose again on the third day, and I walked with him and I supped with him for the 40 days that he walked on earth, and him telling me, go and wait for the promise from the Father. I'd be pretty excited. Wouldn't you? I'd be pretty excited. My emotions would be really high at that moment. I mean, I think of it like the two men that were on the road to Emmaus when they said to each other, didn't our hearts burn within us? Didn't our hearts burn within us as he spoke to us and explained all these things to us? And then, how about when he broke the bread and he blessed the bread and then he was gone? And then our hearts and our minds, it's like when he opened up their minds in the scriptures, their minds were opened up, wow, that was Jesus, that was him, he is alive, he has risen. And they run back to their brothers. He promised them a gift from God. He promised them a gift from his father, from Jesus' father. I wrote down here, what? What? A gift from Jesus' Father? What? I can't imagine the joy, the excitement. I know that when we're in worship and we get in worship, and when you're involved with such powerful worship, that time just flo flies by. You know, and the next thing you know, it's like it's been a few hours and you're still in worship, and you feel like, I just want to keep on worshiping. You ever have that feeling? Where you get in worship and you're in, you're in such a powerful worship and it's powerfully anointed 
that you just don't want to stop worshiping, you just want to keep on worshiping God. I can imagine that's kind of what it would have been like in that upper room while they waited. They were worshiping, praising, and praying. And then all of a sudden, one day passes, no promise. No promise that day. All right, let's go to the second day. Okay, we're praising and worshiping God. Second day passes. Still no promise. I can hear them thinking to themselves, well, maybe it's going to happen on the third day. Because it was the third day Jesus rose. It's going to happen on the third day. We're going to receive the promise of God on the third day. I mean, can you imagine all these thoughts going through their mind? So let's get up there and they start praising and worshiping. Third day comes and goes. Still no promise of God. Maybe it's the fourth day. Fourth day comes and goes. Fifth, sixth, seventh. Still no promise of God. I don't know. Waiting is one of the hardest things that we can do, isn't it? Waiting is one of the hardest things that we can do. Nobody likes waiting, especially in today's day and age. When you have the power of the whole world right here in the palm of your hands. When you can get almost every answer to any question or any problem right here in the palm of your hands. I don't know about you, but, but when something comes up, I can't wait. Google. I need one of these water pumps for my bobcat. Where can I get one and how much is it? I don't want to wait for the mechanic. <laughs> Google. What is, you know, any question you may ask it, Google will find you an answer to it. I got a problem. I'm feeling this way. Google, what is my symptom? Do, 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 do. Right? Oh, you've got this. And you don't even want to go down that road. Because then it'll scare you. Because you'd be like, Google, you've got this, this, and this. You're terminal. Oh, my gosh. I better just go back to bed. Amen? So you got to be careful. We should never rely on Google. We should rely on God. Eh? Amen? But can you imagine, imagine any more waiting for 10 days for something? I mean, when you place an order in the mail, when you place an order on your phone or on your computer, you know, you have to wait for it to be shipped and come. And I guarantee you, most of us are like overnight shipping, two-day shipping. We want it here. But after about, after about four or five days, you're like, where is that package I ordered? Right? Waiting 10 days, it must be lost. You're going to have to go back and reorder it or something. But I can't imagine waiting 10 days. I wonder how I would have done as one of, of Jesus' disciples or apostles. You know, I wonder how I would have actually done sitting there waiting for Jesus, for the promise. Even though I saw Jesus ascend into the heavens, even though I saw the angels saying to, the, saying to us, Brothers, what are you looking up for? The same Jesus who ascended into the heavens, you know, will return the same way. I can imagine the angels saying, What are you looking up for? Get your butts over to Jerusalem. Go to the upper room and wait like Jesus told you. Right? 
I couldn't imagine. You know, many of them fell away because there was a lot of them. But many of them couldn't wait. You know, the 11, the 11 apostles, the disciples, they waited. Because they remember, they waited and they saw Jesus and they walked with Jesus. Their minds were transformed, their bodies were transformed, their whole, their whole living, their whole life was transformed. Because they walked with our Savior for three years. They saw the exploits he did. They saw the miracles. They saw, they heard all the explanations of the end days and everything. Some of the best things in our lives comes from waiting, believe it or not. Waiting, what does the Bible say? Waiting produces patience. And many times God knows that if we get too much too fast, that we wouldn't be able to handle it. Sometimes we have to go through a process of dying to ourselves. We have to be ready. We have to prepare these vessels within us. We have to make room for God. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, it says, No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what your ability is. But with the temptation, temptation, he will also provide a way out or escape that you may be able to endure it. God does not give us more than we can bear. And like the disciples who has to wait for 10 days to receive the gift from the Father, the promised Holy Spirit, we too have to wait until we can handle it, until we have become mature enough Christians. You know what? In life, we have to go through some trials, don't we? We have to go through. There are trials in life. Everybody's life has trials. You are going to face trials. You're going to face tribulation in life, in some point, in some way, shape, or form. If you're alive and you have a heartbeat, then you're going to feel some pain. Then you're going to feel some remorse. Then you're going to feel sorrow. You're going to feel mourning. You're going to go through some hard things in life. That's part, that's all part of our maturing as individuals and as Christians. Our trials, they strengthen us as Christians. We should rejoice, the word says about trials. Because with those trials, it comes with strengthening our faith. Can you imagine the trials all of the disciples went through? I mean, we go through some hard trials at times, but these disciples, they went through trials that cost them their lives. It cost them being tarred and being banished to an island called Patmos. But all those trials, we are being refined. We are being shaped through those trials, 
through those tribulations. God is shaping us. It's like we're, we're like that soft moldable clay on the potter's wheel. Every time you go through a trial, he shapes you, he molds you. And it's how you handle those trials. It's whether or not you're going to move forward. Some people have to go through trial after trial and tribulation after tribulation before their hearts are ready. James 1, verses 2 through 8 says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. It says, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. But when he asks, he must believe. See, this is the key. We ask a lot of things, but we don't believe God can provide the answer. Or we don't want to wait for the answer. When we ask, he, we must believe and not doubt. Because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown tossed by the wind. That man should not think he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all he does. I think of all the trials, the tribulations, the disciples went through, the waiting. And waiting is one of the hardest trials we can go through. Having patience is a hard lesson to learn. Waiting, persevering, standing strong in the faith, not wavering to and fro, not doubting God's promise. Can you imagine if the disciples doubted God's promise? Can you imagine if the disciples left the upper room? The Holy Spirit would have never fell upon them. Peter would have never got up. And, 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 and preach the word of God at 9 o'clock in the morning. The people wouldn't have heard them speaking in their own native tongue and turning to the Lord. Thousands wouldn't be saved. I couldn't imagine it. Waiting for God. Waiting for His promises. You know, there's been promises that have been spoken over us, over this place, over our lives, probably over each one of you already. And for those out there that are hearing this, there's been promises that have been spoken over you by people that have been filled with the Holy Spirit, and you're still waiting on those promises to be fulfilled. We are still waiting on the promises to be fulfilled over this place. How are we going to handle that waiting? We should be handling it with joy. Anticipating the day those promises are fulfilled. Looking forward to those promises being fulfilled over our lives. Amen? We should be waiting just like we're waiting for Jesus to return. 
Just like a just like a housekeeper who waits for his master. He keeps the house clean, it's prepared, it's ready. That's how we gotta be in our spirit. Because you know it's so true, because Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back soon, morning, night, or noon. Many will meet their doom. Let's not be those that meet our doom. Let's be those that are ready with our wicks trimmed or and our lamps filled with oil. Amen? Let's be anticipating our Savior's return every day. Let's wake up in the morning and say, Jesus can come back today. No matter where I am, whether I'm at work working hard for my, for my boss, whether I'm at home doing the dishes, whether I'm in school, Jesus can come back at any moment. Nobody knows the day or the hour. But let us all be ready. Amen? That's how we should be living our lives. What ready? The, I'm sure the disciples were in the upper room. Just because Chris is impatient, I'm sure they weren't. Just because they were in the upper room, they were probably anticipating and waiting. They were probably just couldn't wait for the promises of God. Because every word Jesus spoke to them was fulfilled. Everything he said, every word he kept, he kept. Every word he spoke, he kept. Everything he did, he did it with integrity and honor and grace and love and patience and kindness and gentleness and self-control. Jesus did all those things and they witnessed all of those things. Not only that, but they witnessed the power of God where he delivered people and set them free and healed the sick and healed the blind. Persevering is what we need to be. Standing strong, standing on the promises of God. I know there's a song out there. Standing, standing, standing on the promises of God, my Savior. That's right. One of the hardest things is waiting on the Holy Spirit. For God's timing, remember this, God's timing is not our timing. God's ways are not our ways. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. We just need to be patient. We just need to be perseverant. We just need to be waiting for the promises that God has for us. In Romans 12, 12, it says, Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. That's a tough one, huh? To be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Pray without ceasing. That's Romans 12, 12. Be joyful in hope. Patient in affliction or tribulation. Faithful in prayer. Psalms 27, 14. Waiting for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. 2 Peter 3, 9. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promises, as some understand slowness. And one of my favorites is Isaiah 40, verse 31. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall not run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Waiting on the Lord. 
You know, Moses in Exodus, and I'm going to close with this scripture. Moses in Exodus, chapter 14, verses 13 and 14. Moses answered the people. And I'm sure it's the same with us. You think of it as God is answering the people. But Moses was answering the people, saying, Do not be afraid. Stand firm, and you will see the deliverance of the Lord. How much of that is a promise? When you are afraid, when you have enemies at your back door, like they had the Egyptians at their back door when they were at the Red Sea, do not be afraid. Stand firm, and you will see the deliverance of the Lord. Do you know that it says that they had a whirlwind that separated the Israelites from the Egyptians. It was a pillar of smoke by day and a pillar of fire by night. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine Pharaoh and his great army? It was, Egypt was a superpower. They had multiple chariots. Egypt would have been a superpower in its day, or was a superpower in its day. But can you imagine a vast army like Egypt had coming after the millions of the Israelites who didn't have any weapons or anything like that? They just were led out of Egypt by the Lord. And can you imagine going up to, and seeing the Israelites and all of a sudden a pillar of fire at night you know, can you imagine like a, you know, you, we see them on TV, F4 tornadoes. F, I don't know if they got an F5 out there. They probably have had F5s. But you, can you imagine a tornado that size that spanned miles wide standing there separating you from a vast army that had all of the modern weapons of their day? All of the horses, all of the chariots, and God being your, your back guard, watching over you. And then can you imagine at night, can you just picture this in your mind? That pillar of smoke was a pillar of fire. Can you imagine how that must have lit up? I mean, I don't know what Pharaoh was thinking. Think about it. What was he thinking? I know that the Lord said he hardened his heart, but man, I think my heart would have melted when I saw a pillar of fire or a pillar of smoke. I think, okay, we're not fighting against the Israelites anymore, guys. You know, my magicians performed some of their miracles that they did, but you know what? They killed the firstborn of our house. There's a pillar of fire. There's a pillar of smoke. I think we should go home now. I think we should leave them alone and go home now. Don't you think so? But it said that God had his heart hardened toward them. And they went after him anyways, even though they saw him part the Red Sea. Moses answered the people, I'll say it again, do not be afraid. When you are afraid, remember that scripture. Do not be afraid. Stand firm. 
and you will see the deliverance of the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians that you see today, you will never see them again. How about that over your enemies? How about that over your enemies? Do not be afraid. Stand firm. God will deliver you. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. You need only to be still. The Lord will fight for you. Remember that. The battle is the Lord's. That the Lord our God, the Lord our God will fight for us. He will deliver us. Amen? Amen. We just need to stand still. We just need to wait. Wait. Stand your ground. The Bible says when all you've done, then stand. When you've exhausted yourself and everything, just stand. And God will be there. He will fight for you. He will deliver you. He will never fail you or forsake you. He will pick your feet up and put you on solid ground. Amen? No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Amen? That's how we got to believe and not doubt it. And we got to stand on it and stand on his word. The biggest thing is not doubt. And we have to believe. Belief is huge. But we have to be patient. And we have to wait for the Lord. Because we can get ourselves in some big trouble at times when we don't wait for God. Amen? Amen. So, Father, I just pray, Lord, right now in Jesus' name, that, Lord, everything, Lord God, that I've shared this morning, Lord God, is, is right from, from you, right to our hearts. That, Lord, you would open up our minds, just like you open up the disciples' minds and hearts to understand the scriptures. That you would open up our minds to understand the scriptures, understand everything, Lord God, that we heard today. Lord God, and, and Lord, I pray that you would help us, help to remove doubt from our midst. I pray that doubt would be gone. Lord God, that you would wipe out doubt from our midst, that we would believe, that we would wait, and that we would stand firm. And I pray this over your people, and I pray your blessings over each person here and who's hearing the word today. In Jesus' name, amen? Amen. amen. Thank you all, and have a great day. If anybody needs prayer, Julie and I would love to pray for you.